0: Welcome to another edition of Special Characters. This podcast is designed to introduce you to people who are amazing and interesting that I've actually come across in just my normal life. My name is Stuart Foley. I'm your host, and we are joined by Michelle Willis, people expert. Michelle, welcome. Hi. All right, so tell people how we met.
1: So you were, you and your wife were a guest at a restaurant that I work at, restaurant slash bar. And I am a chatterbox. I like to talk to people and ask questions and ask what their plans are, their weekend plans, holiday plans, and so forth. And I think that kind of grabbed both your wife and your attention.
0: Oh, I was, I was mesmerized by you immediately. You're beyond engaging, right? You're just so engaging and you're such an outlier of what people would think when they walk into, I think we can say the name of it, Herner's Hideaway in, is it Twin Lakes?
1: It's considered Genoa City.
0: Genoa City, Wisconsin,
1: right? Yeah, so It's it's right on the
0: border. Right on the border, What is Herner's, like, describe it.
1: I would say it's more of a restaurant during the day and then your bar atmosphere after the kitchen closes. You have more of a sports bar type thing. Uh, We do volleyball, bagos, a lot of outdoor activities, live music, live entertainment, karaoke, that kind of stuff, which is a lot of fun. It brings in people from all walks of life. So that's pretty much it. I've been there since the end of July. And I feel like I've experienced more things at this bar <laughs> than anywhere else that I've worked.
0: Really? Um, okay. But here's oh, the yeah. thing, right? Here's the thing. I was in, I, so I ride a motorcycle and Wisconsin is chock full of Harley-Davidson's, right? It's the home of Harley-Davidson oh, and yeah. in, in Milwaukee. I'm not a Harley guy, but I ride with a lot of guys uh, that are. And we went to a place in Eagle River, Wisconsin called Knucklehead's. And the person that was waiting on us was what I would describe in my own head, sort of an, a person who I would have expected to find in a biker bar. You are not. Herner's is not a biker bar necessarily, but there's a lot of motorcycle guys that go there. You are a mom of two. Three. So Three. Okay. <laughs> How old are they?
1: So my oldest just actually turned 12 last week. And then I have another son who's turning 11 this Friday. And then my youngest son is four.
0: And so the, the youngest son who we just met, we don't have to go into names, but we, we just went and just met him. And he is a charmer, to say the least. So but the thing that struck me and my wife both is that you are a lot closer to a school teacher. Then you are, uh, you know, somebody who tends bar in a place that can have an, an interesting cross-section of the world, right? Oh, yeah. So tell oh, me yeah. what happens. You walk up to a table. You're assigned. I've never worked in a bar, right? Or never worked in a restaurant. I owned a drive-in restaurant that served ice cream and hamburgers, right? We should have never sold hamburgers. We should have just sold ice cream. And I will say this. <laughs> Herner's food's really good. So it's mainly a restaurant, but it's got good food, right? That It's known for oh, good yeah. food. But you're assigned a group of tables, right? That You don't get to like pick and choose. It's like, these are your tables.
1: Um, it kind of goes back and forth. So during the slower season, it, you kind of just rotate tables back and forth. So when it gets busier, you are in sections. We consider that. So certain tables are, you know. Assigned to you, correct? But in the wintertime, we kind of just rotate and we try to keep it as fair as possible. So everybody gets a chance to make money.
0: Okay. So here's my question You have really no control over who's sitting in your section. Oh, no. Absolutely no. not. And so no. you walk up, and I've seen myself people in there that are 90 years old, maybe. Oh, yeah. Or older. Like they're, you know, they're out for whatever. So when you walk up to a table, what is your approach? And, and what's funny is in talking about this podcast prior, I learned that it's not just random for you. You're very scientific at this. So what's the process that you go through? A group of people sit down in your section and it's, you got to walk over there. What are you trying to do?
1: For one, I try to keep it fun keep it bubbly, upbeat, positive. I walk up and I try to give the service that I would want to receive. So I want someone who's going to introduce themselves, who knows the menu, who knows, you know, your, your bar menu as well. So somebody who's just at least informed. And I think that's really important because then you can kind of joke it off and roll it off to start a conversation. So for me, you know, I start off, I introduce myself. You kind of can, tailor your service to the energy and the vibes that you're receiving back. So if somebody seems to engage and be like, Oh, well I'm Stuart, you know, then you're like, okay, cool. I can, I can talk to these people. Like they're going to be, they're going to be a fun group. And you also get people who are just there for quick lunch. Don't really care to chat with you. You know, they're in and they're out. So you kind of have to just read people and, and see what they're looking for. Because that's that's where you're going to make your money. The more you know, more fun you are, the more upbeat, the more conversation that you're going to give. They're going to love that. Some people love that, and not trying to brag, but I am very quick, very witty, and people find that to be fun. You know that you kind of give back attitude, or you give back what they're giving to you.
0: I love that. It's uh, it's good. Our audience will get a a more uh, robust sense of your wit in a minute. Do you have you ever seen the commercial? It's an insurance company commercial, where the guy is a he's a coach to have you not be your parents, right? I don't know if you've seen this guy, but one of them one of his quips is, "The waitress or waiter does not need to know your name." And so when you say, "Hey, I'm Michelle," how many people like I'm the jackass that told you like I introduced myself and my wife like we're on some kind of tour bus. How many people do that? And do you think, oh, this guy's a knucklehead? Uh, what all do you? The time. It happens all the time, it's, right?
1: It's mostly guys, and it's it's hilarious because sometimes you don't expect it, and then you're like, shoot, I got to remember their name now. Like, yeah, you, you know, like they introduce themselves back. You're like, oh gosh, like shoot, what was his name? And then you can also joke it off. Like, I've had some people, you know, you tell me your name over and over again, and they're just not listening. They're not paying attention. So I just start giving them random names that they'll call me. And I do the same thing back with the guests. Like, you're like, Oh, I'm Dave. And I'm like, all right, Doug, you know, you just kind of, and, and then they think it's funny. So it's almost like an entertainment as well.
0: So you got people, you said to me, you got people going to weddings, people going to funerals, people coming back from weddings, people coming back from funerals. Like, give me the, like, is there anything, is there a group that was going to an event that sticks out in your mind?
1: maybe not so much, you know, like I've, it happens all the time. So it's very frequent. Um, You know, you get people who walk in and they're really, really dressed up and I, you know, you, you pull the joke, are we going to a funeral? Are we going to a wedding? And sometimes people are like, Oh, we did both, you know? And so you kind of just, you laugh it off and you play it off. But so, like I said, I try to greet people in a very upbeat fashion and, you know, I kind of will give people a hard time when they don't do it back. One really awkward experience and it was more embarrassing than anything was I had this couple that came in that were regulars and I knew their names and they came in and they just looked so down and so sad and I walked up and I'm like geez guys like who died and he's like actually my dad just died like we just got back from his funeral. And I felt like I put a foot in my mouth, man. I felt so bad. And he's just like, well, you didn't know. And I'm like, I know, but like, sometimes your own personality takes it away for you because I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting to be like, oh, we're just having, you know, we're hungover, or we're having a bad day or, you know, so forth. But I was so embarrassed. I, that still gets me every time now. So you kind of learn... <laughs> To just, if that happens, you just kind of let it, kind of let it trickle down on its own.
0: I am, uh, I am somebody with uh, the kind of personality that also has gotten himself into trouble over the years with a variety of little quips along the way. So I can definitely relate. So this is the part that you don't know. So you introduce yourself. I'm like, you walk away. I say to Carrie, my wife, who's like the greatest, she's greatest thing in the world. I go, I love her. And she goes, yeah, me too. And I go, doesn't it seem like she works at a Wisconsin bar. And she goes, yeah, I know. I go, I ought to have her on a podcast. And she goes, she's going to think you're creepy. <laughs> and I'm like, well, maybe so. I don't know. But then I ask you, I'm like, hey, would you like to be on a podcast? And you're like, there's no way this jackass does podcasts. And so it turns out we were up there living at a buddy of mine's house who lives in Twin Lakes, uh, Wisconsin. For those who aren't Midwesterners who will be listening to this. And so we were in between houses and he was kind enough to let us stay there for like three weeks. And so I was in Herner's, I don't know, multiple times a week. And that's how we got to a chance to meet each other. But it was not then when we got this done, that was way right. back in October. It's right yeah. now it's April, right? You've been elusive. Right. It's like chasing down sting for God's sake.
1: Um, oh, finally,
0: stop. I get you on here. So you, you stick your foot in your mouth once in a while is there a difference? Do you look at the age of the table, the mix of the table? I think the customer base is overwhelmingly guys. Am I right about that? Um, Like, tell me what that, what's the, there is no average customer, but give me some parameters.
1: So as a mom, uh, when you get tables that come in, guests that come in with kids, you really want to Attend to them because if the kids are entertained and the kids are good, then the parents are good because the parents will get to sit there and relax and not have to worry about the kids. So, you know, with the kids, you just, you know, you make little jokes, you show them around because that's the same thing that Mm -hmm. I would do with my kids. When it comes to older, older people, you just have to be very sweet and very gentle and very quiet and and then when it comes to people my age in their 20s and 30s, you have to be funny. They look for funny.
0: But how do you and and you know that? For- how do you know that? Do you gauge that by how much you make?
1: I would just say, I I, I just, I myself, like I, I feel like I can tailor and shape my service to the people who are coming in and like i said sometimes people are just not having it they they're not there for that you know and no, other I, people are really, it. yeah like, other nope. people are super laid back and they you know they think it's it's hilarious that when you're you're quick and you're witty you know they're almost looking for you to keep doing that especially with guys, you know, you give them a hard time they you know, they make certain comments and then, you know, you kind of snap back at them, not, not in a mean way, but just in a way that they're not expecting a bartender to do. People are expecting bartenders to just be nice and not say anything. And I am somebody that I'm going to give you a hard time, you know?
0: No, I love that. And so how often I've never, I've never sat at the bar there. So Art, do you actually 10 bar yourself?
1: Oh, yeah. So, I I tend bar there Fridays and Saturday nights. Oh, my God. Um, The busy nights. Yeah. So, you're dealing with people, you know, early in the afternoon. It's not so much having to people watch as much as service. And then once it gets to, like I said, about bar time, about 10 o'clock and after, you really have to watch people. And And, and when
0: you say people watch, you're not talking about sitting by and watching watching people walk by and what they're wearing, No, you're talking about how much they've had to drink.
1: Right. So you, as a bartender, usually, not usually, but all the time. So there's two, there's two bartenders. So you kind of will just, you both take care of everybody. And when you get people who are starting to show signs of, you know, over drinking intoxication, you talk with the other bartender and you tell them, Hey, you know, like this guy's starting to get a little you know, office feed or, is, you know, a speech starting to slur. And one thing that I really love about the bar I work for is that we have a safe ride program. And for people who don't know what that is, it is a program ran through the Kenosha County Tavern League, and it is a free taxi home. So if somebody comes in, you know, they're starting to feel like they're not safe to drive, we offer that program. I think I offer that program to as many people as I as I possibly can just so they they are aware.
0: Is it once a day and at least? What's that? Once a day at least.
1: <laughs> oh gosh, way more than that. Because I want people <laughs> to be aware.
0: Sorry, I, I forgot. It, it is Wisconsin. I apologize. It, it <laughs>
1: so I just I want people to be aware and I don't want them to feel judged and I want them to make smart decisions. So if they're aware that there's a program that can get them home for free. I'm gonna just shout it from the rooftops because I want people to be safe. And work I've worked in Illinois and I've worked in Wisconsin. In the state of Wisconsin, a bartender is legally responsible. They are personally responsible if somebody becomes intoxicated and they decide to leave and something were to happen to them off the premises. Illinois, it is it comes back on the establishment. So I have not personally, knock on wood, had anything like that come back on me. But I've had people where I offer the program because I know they're intoxicated and you were just really watch them. You, you try to put water in front of them. You try to get food in front of them. You know, you're just like, you try to pull them back a little bit. And I've had people, you know, I offer the safe ride program. I get their address and then they walk out. I've chased people out of the bar. Like, Hey, I've got a ride coming for you. You know, um, to that aspect. So like I said, when you people watch, you're just kind of paying attention to how much they're starting to consume, how quickly, you know, their body language, verbal language, and just, it it becomes very hard and very awkward to pull people back once they've gone too far. Okay.
0: So, so this is interesting because I think I told you this, but I haven't had a drink in 17 years, but before that it was a substantially different story. So I've been on the receiving into the bar lots, but I've never officially tended bar, right? So regular customers expect a high level of service, right? They expect you know drink, 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 right? When they're done with oh, the a yeah. drink, they expect that's like you know there's a there's a protocol there. But you said you and your and your the other person tending bar with you, everybody's serving everybody. So you have to tell each other, You've noticed a person who's having had too much to drink. They need to be aware of it, too, so that they don't continue to serve that person. Right. Correct. OK, so happier times. OK, has anybody ever mm, gotten engaged?
1: Oh, God, yeah. I've seen people. <laughs> <laughs> I Like I said, you get people when people think of bars, they don't realize that you come to a bar when there's good things going on and when there's bad things going on. So you'll get people who just recently got engaged, just got married. We've had somebody literally get married at our bar. This happened not even six months ago. Oh, right you're outside. Kidding. oh yeah. It was adorable. They renewed their vows because they were a little bit older. You know, they were probably, I want to say like it was their 15th or 20th wedding anniversary. And they just wanted something very small to renew their vows. And outside, we have this really cute stage. And they ended up just renewing their vows with a friend who was, I don't know, a priest or ordained minister. And I was like, are you serious? You're going to just go outside? And (laughs) it was hilarious. Um, That's awesome. It's really cool, and you know, like I said, you get people who just had a baby, people who just, you know, birthdays. It's it's everything. So there's a lot of positivity as well as negativity. But I, like I said, me being who I am, I like the positivity. Oh, for sure. I'm I'm so upbeat. It's annoying. So I wasn't even gonna mention that. that. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I enjoy it. I enjoy being around people and. I feel like it's odd to say, but I feel like that's my like that's what I was born to do. I am a people person.
0: So you've got before the phones ring off the hook, you have a husband, right? And your husband is in the video and audio editing world. Correct. Is that true? Yes. Yes. Can we give his first name or no? Aaron. Aaron. So Aaron, Aaron, you and Aaron have three kids. You have to work on the weekends a lot. That's got to be a bit of a challenge, right? Because he's watching the kids while you're out and you you work late. So does that create any issues for you? How do you how do you manage that?
1: Okay. So <laughs> I feel like we're very good partners when it comes to having to work. So he is a union carpenter by day and then also does his own business on the side. So he created a business, Real Range Films, and he is really looking to step into the videography world. So he's done quite a few wedding videos i believe he's done um an mma fighter he's done other businesses as well so it, he's very good at knowing what my schedule is and trying to arrange things on his side so the kids are always taken care of by himself or me you know you it, it's hard so you just try not to plan too much because it'll It'll bug you. So it is very spontaneous. He's very good at figuring out these last minute details.
0: I love that. He's got to be a good dude. I hope I get a chance to meet him at some point. Uh,
1: I think you two would have a really fun conversation because we were so last night I made him sit down and listen to the Bear Grylls podcast, which I listened to two or three times just because I wanted to get familiar with how to do a podcast because I've never done one. And he was really interested in the fact that you were a college professor for finances. And he's like, you didn't tell me that. And I was like, well, it didn't really come up. And Uh he's stepping, (laughs) yeah, he's stepping into the cryptocurrency world and stocks. And when we were listening to Bear Grylls and he's like, well, God, like I could have a whole conversation with these two just about finance. And it's so funny how, how much connects us, you know, and we don't even realize it. It's
0: really funny. So those of you who don't know, Bear Grylls is not the Bear Gryllis, not the survival guy. Bear Grylls is a dubstep DJ. He's internationally known. He's a wonderful guy. I met him on an airplane. Completely my good fortune to do so. You know, he's got a, a terrific family. He's the nicest guy in the world. And he was kind enough to do a podcast with us. And he is a very, very good investor he really enjoys it and one of the things he's really huge on is crypto. Um, I don't know yeah. I don't know beans about crypto We're going to be doing a, a podcast on crypto on uh, on the insurance AUM website pretty shortly so um, more to go there but I I really like to meet him and I think I'm a little bit odd in that well a way people who know me go a little bit. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm a little odd in that I grew up in rural Missouri, and and my business is you know I got I got an, an MBA later I was a first generation college student and so my work environment is a group of people that are not necessarily my social environment and so you know Saturday me and a couple of guys rode up into Wisconsin and went to went to lunch you know at a biker bar and just kind of hung out and and that's kind of more my thing and I think that. Sometimes when I meet people in one environment, it doesn't translate well that, oh, this guy's a college professor.
1: You seem very laid back. Like, I wasn't expecting to hear that. I wasn't expecting, hey, I do podcasts either. You know, yeah. that was really interesting.
0: <laughs> well, it's it's funny. I'm fortunate to meet people like you because you are really interesting. So let me ask you this about your guests. Anybody famous ever?
1: Oh, gosh. Um I want to, oh, you know what? Actually, yes, I seen Kelsey Grammer. Oh, wow, there you go. I was working at a spot in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and him and his family were there. That was really interesting because then our manager had to give us a conversation about celebrities and how we weren't allowed to walk up and talk to anybody, (laughs) which was a shame because it's Kelsey Grammer. We also had a Chicago Bears coach that came in with his wife. And I'm not familiar. I'm a Packer fan. So I'm not familiar. Go back. But, uh, Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell the people
0: in Chicago.
1: Yeah, you know, but that was I, I can't remember. I want to say something Smith, Lovey Smith or something. Oh, like that. Lovey uh, Smith. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, Lovey I <laughs> I want to meet him because he's famous, but at the same time, he's a Bears fan. So, yeah, so we I don't can't. know where that conversation is going to go. Yeah, so we so can't yeah, have yeah. I've seen him. I'm Like I said, I'm not afraid being in the job that I'm at. I'm not afraid to walk up to anybody. I can almost start a conversation with anyone. But that was really, really cool that we had, you know, Lake Geneva is a very touristy destination. So working there, you, you definitely run into a few people, but unfortunately didn't get to go up and and have any conversation or any autograph or anything. But that was like, holy crap, we have somebody here who's been on TV and who's a celebrity. And that was a lot of fun.
0: You're a celebrity now, Michelle. Uh, This is it's big. Tell me this. So what about are there a couple of stories that stand out to you that you just go just shake your head like people are amazing in what they'll do? Right, They're amazing at, at, the, at the things that they will do. You guys have games there, right? Outdoor games. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I've ever seen a game in a bar, at some point there's conflict. There has to be some conflict that comes out of that.
1: There's- it doesn't even have to be anything. There's conflict anyway. The bar is open till 2.30 in the morning. So, you know, you get people who, have, like I said, have been there for six, seven hours, which to me is insane to be at a bar that long, you know. Um, it wasn't people, that big of a challenge for
0: me at one point, I can tell you.
1: <laughs> oh, it, it happens. It, it does. So, I mean, conflict happens. And as a woman, it's kind of difficult to be the mediator and to jump in and try to calm situations down. My go-to thing that I like to say is we're adults here. Like pretend you know what you're doing. But once alcohol is involved, it becomes very difficult to get people to step down. So my rule of thumb is I'm gonna give you one warning and then after that, you gotta go. So I've walked people out. I've walked people out to their cars and made sure that they, you know, they got off the property, you know, and then you get people who are patrons who want to jump in and defuse a conflict, which is super awkward because they're drinking as well. Yeah. That's so right. it, it's, it becomes difficult. But I mean, for the most part, people are pretty good. You know, you get your your BS every once in a while. I feel like it just comes with the job, though. You just kind of have to roll it off, not let it impact the rest of your night.
0: Give me a memorable experience of a group of people just something that sticks in your head that happened i'd love to hear a couple of war stories
1: so over the weekend this friday just this this past past weekend
0: like we can go back years but but these stories come from like yesterday this is hilarious to me
1: (laughs) we had a young lady who was out golfing all day long and decided to come in for dinner you know, here we are Friday, 6.30 PM. It's the middle of our dinner rush. The restaurant is packed. Every seat is taken. And this young lady just, she's looking like she's intoxicated. So I walk by, I bring her water and the guys that she's with and we were like, Oh, you know, we were out golfing all day. And I was like, okay, well, you know, like, she's not looking like she's feeling well. And I turned around and this girl had gotten sick. All over the table, all over herself. Oh my! All over the floor, and oh, oh gosh, I felt so embarrassed for her. But obviously, she was intoxicated. You know, out golfing all day. For some reason, people take that as a personal challenge to see how hammered <laughs> they can get. And <laughs> well, the, and it, it, it really we cuts,
0: really cuts the nerve down when you're putting.
1: Oh, apparently, and yeah. So she'd gotten sick all over herself, and I was just like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me! It's six thirty! It's Friday! Like, I get it, but geez, I've had one thing that cracks me up is we get people who fall asleep. They get so <laughs> intoxicated that they that. literally fall asleep. And I, I walk by, and I'm like, "Hey, you're all right." And they're like, "Yeah, I'm just sleeping." I'm like, "This is not a motel room. You can't just crash."
0: I'm just <laughs> sleeping don't don't mind me
1: and their friends are like oh you know just let them sleep it off and I'm like you can't do that like
0: they you you don't allow people to sleep right at the bar they can't sleep
1: hell no because I mean that's another sign of intoxication so you know when that kind of happens you just kind of go up to the friends and the group that they're with and you're just like all right it's it's time for you to take your buddy home it's just too much there's just so much things that happen that it just baffles me sometimes, you know, you get people who try and go into the bathroom together. Wait a minute. And that always, wait cracks me a minute.
0: Up. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. It's a family show, but let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling. Um, so hang on a minute. Now there are couples, existing couples. Let's just start there. Two people, they know each other. Those people, do they go into the bathroom together? Oh yeah. Okay oh yeah and you know so (laughs) i don't even you can see me i can see you our podcast guest can't tell that i'm relatively speechless at the moment of not i want to ask stuff but i don't think i can but is it apparent that they've gone in there for something other than the use of the restroom oh god yeah god yes Oh yeah. And do people talk about it or what is I mean, is it, do, do, is it true that at some point people are intoxicated to the point of thinking that they're invisible? (laughs) Uh,
1: Truly. Absolutely. Or they think that no one's paying attention. And it's like, it is literally my job to watch you and to make sure (laughs) while you're here, you know, you're not doing anything that, (laughs) that's going to get me in trouble. I don't care what happens to them. I can't have that happen under my watch. So, you know, It's so awkward because you're just like, I can see you. I can clearly see what you're doing. And you just kind of have to go in there and be like, all right, uh -uh, like, let's go wrap it up. Get out. So that one is super funny. Okay. So how about,
0: how about hooking up? How about two people who didn't know each other when they got there? Does (laughs) that happen?
1: I've seen people practically like taking off someone else's clothes. I've seen people with their tongues down each other's throats. And I, and you, and then, and then as bartenders, we, you know, we come together and we're just like, what the hell? Like, I, like sometimes we're like, Oh, they're cheating. Like they've got to be cheating for their hands to be where they are and how they just do not care where they are right now. They've got to be doing something that they like, why are they not at home doing this? Why are they not in a hotel room doing this? Like they're out in public visually being seen by everybody and it just makes you wonder. Like, yeah, people truly feel like once they step into a bar, they're invisible. And it cracks me up because I tell you, man, people watching is very interesting. And it's not just us as employees who are watching, it's everybody else too.
0: Oh, goodness sakes. Yes. It is brilliant. And
1: brilliant. You get, people get customers. Watching. Yeah. You get customers who see things going on and they come up to us as bartenders or servers. And it's just like, there's only so much that we can do and say, you know, it's super uncomfortable to go up to somebody and be like, Hey, you know, I- I'm not sure what's going on here, but you know, things are getting quite physical. It's time to, to shut this down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I never, I forgot about that whole aspect. That's, that is interesting stuff. So what about weird drinks? Clearly somebody as a bartender, you are bound to get some weird requests.
1: I think the worst is malort. For those who don't know what that is, it's it's a shot. And I swear, it's like turpentine, man. It is just god awful. And people will order it for people who are turning 21. And they're like, oh, you know, you have to try this. And it's like, why don't you just pour gasoline down their throat? It's the same. And it's, it's it? just awful. What is it? Malort, I
0: is uh, it a, is it a bottle? Like is is that what it it's is? It's a liquor. It's a
1: liquor. It's a liquor.
0: Yeah, M- Malort. It's Malort.
1: Yeah, and I want to say, I'd have to Google it. I'm not 100 percent sure what exactly it is, but it. I mean, it is just god awful. Like I don't even know why we serve it, and it's for the people who want to make somebody else miserable. It cracks me up because, like I said, you might as well just drink gasoline. It's the same. So
0: outside of beer, which you serve, you serve beer. That's probably your number one. Is that your number one drink is beer?
1: Oh, yeah. I I would say for sure. People love their Spotted Cow. And if people who don't know, Spotted Cow is only served in Wisconsin. It's a New Glarus beer. And people will drink that stuff like it's water, like it's going out of style. And it's delicious. People love it.
0: What about mixed drinks? What's the go-to? What's your most commonly called mixed drink?
1: Probably like a Tito's Lemonade, Jack and Coke, you know, any type of rum and Coke. Some people are very simple. Some people like the, you know, the foo drinks with all the the, the fruit and the, the the sugar and more very simple. It's more Jack and Cokes and Tito's and Coke and
0: do you remember, things like that. Do you remember when mojitos became popular?
1: Oh, God, I hate making mojitos.
0: See, that's exactly what I was just going to say. A friend of mine was a bartender. His name's Charlie at a place called Max Oyster Bar in Hartford, Kenne- in West Hartford, Connecticut. And I'm like, Charlie, and at this point, I, I didn't drink at all. So I said, Charlie, who the hell came up with these mojitos? And he goes, I guarantee you, it wasn't anybody who had to make them because nope. he hated making them and you hate making them too. They're a pain in the neck, right?
1: You know, I worked at a place where they grew their own mint. So anytime somebody would order a mojito, you'd have to go outside and literally cut it off the ground and bring it in. And make their mojitos. So that was kind of cool because people liked that, you know, you had to leave the bar. But I mean, holy hell, does it slow you down? There's a lot of stuff that you know will slow you down as a bartender. So it's nice when people just want to do the Jack and Coke and a beer because it's super simple and it's fast.
0: It's fast and it's a lot of fun to be up there. So you've got to be pretty friendly with the people you work with. I mean, it's almost like you've you're going through a crucible every day, right? Because It's got to change a lot from lunchtime to midnight, from noon to midnight has got to be a completely different place, I got to think.
1: It is. It's a different crowd. I always talk about with the other staff, I'm like, you know, the mornings just have it so easy. I feel like they just don't have any drama. They don't have any chaos. They don't have any crazy cleanups and things like that. But I mean, you get people who want to come in and drink at 10 a.m., you know what I mean? And they'll sit there all day, so...
0: How many people, I do remember this. There's a bar near Elkhart Lake. I think it's near Plymouth, Wisconsin. And it's right on the main road. And a guy recommended that I go there for breakfast. And it was like 7 a.m. That's because I was going to the racetrack. I'm a racing nut too. Going to the racetrack, 7 o'clock, 7.15. I go in there, sit at the bar. There's people playing scratch-offs. There's people drinking beers. There's people drinking. I'm the only one not drinking, by the way, the yeah. only one, but the food's good. But those of you who don't live in Wisconsin, people drink in Wisconsin. There's no, there's no bullshit about it. So it's not that unusual for somebody to just, you guys open at 10, but if you open at nine or eight.
1: Oh, people are there.
0: Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Without. A oh doubt.
1: yeah. And so a couple of funny things, the state of Wisconsin actually just passed a law that you can sell liquor to go like cocktails to go. And it comes with this little cup and this cute little piece of tape that's supposed to stop people from drinking and driving. I don't agree with it personally. I think it's very, very dangerous because you have no idea once people walk out that door, what they're going to do. I mean, they're going to, it's the same anywhere, but I could not believe that they did that. But so like, you could literally come in 10 a.m., get, you know, a sandwich to go and get a Bloody Mary to go. I think for some circumstances, it's, it's really cool. You know, if you're going out boating or golfing or whatnot, I think that's really really fun. But for the people who don't really need that cocktail to go, I don't think that's too smart. Another odd thing is as a bartender, I don't drink. I probably drink once a month, if that. I don't really consume alcohol like some of the people that I work with who can drink on a daily basis. That is just not for me. I'm not a drinker. I'm such a lightweight that it's like one cocktail and I'm good. So as a bartender, people are expecting you to, to drink throughout your shift. And, you know, people are constantly like, Oh, let me buy you a shot. Let me buy you a drink. And I'm like, Bobby mozzarella sticks, because that's truly what I want. I don't want to drink. <laughs> I want, I want some food. Give me some deep fried cheese. That's, that's what I want. I love so, it. you know, yeah, it's, it's just not for me, but you know, the other bartenders, like you said, you know, you come, you become like a family because you have to trust them and you have to trust their decisions as well. And, you know, when one thing we didn't get to talk about was cutting people off when it comes to, to that, it's super uncomfortable because, you know, I've had people who come in and their, their tabs are at 150, 200 bucks. And then all of a sudden you're the bad guy who's just like, Hey, you know, I I think you're done here. You know, myself, my other bartender, we're just not going to serve you anymore. You know, and people get so upset, you know, they're just like, well, I didn't do anything wrong, I didn't fall down, I'm okay, and you have to pretty much just keep telling them that they've been served and they're, they're done, it's time to wrap it up. And people get so upset, you know, they they start arguments, they, they start all kinds of stuff, so... It's uncomfortable, but it's, it is part of the job, and it's it's nice to know that as the other bartender, you have a backup. If you decide to cut somebody off, they have to cut them off too, and it's nice to be able to be like, nope, we're not serving you.
0: Right, because you can't play you can't play mom off dad, right?
1: Oh no. So, I mean, it is nice that you have somebody who's going to back you up and going to follow through with you. But then, you know, that's when we offer the safe ride program and we try to get them home safely. And people are like, oh, I'm not driving. And they clearly are. And, you know, you know that. So you just try to make sure that you're doing everything that you can to make sure that they get home safe and they're not putting anybody else at risk.
0: So you guys are really known for your food. And I've got like, we're kind of at the tail end of this deal. And so what are your favorites? If I'm going to walk into Herner's for the first time and maybe the only time, what am I ordering for lunch?
1: Oh my gosh, a Reuben sandwich. They make a phenomenal Reuben sandwich. Everywhere I go, I feel like that's like my go-to thing to try. And Herner's is truly the best. It has just the biggest, chunkiest corned beef that I've ever seen. And then they've got, you know, homemade German potato salad, which is like my favorite. That's a Midwestern so thing. Yeah. yeah. German potato salad and a Reuben. It's like the perfect pair. Other than that, a good hangover burger. It's full of cheese and bacon and and an egg. Can't hurt um, you.
0: That'll, that'll help. Oh, you. Yeah
1: goes right to the good old, you know, heart tubes there, but it is amazing. Everything that we serve, man, anything that's with deep fried or with cheese, you got me sold. There you so go. there's a lot of really amazing food that's at Herner's hideaway. Yeah, for it's sure.
0: not a it's not a California style menu. Let's put it that way. It's uh
1: not at yeah, all. Yeah.
0: Come hungry. There's no there's no doubt about it. You know, I'm blessed to have you on. It was a pleasure to get to know you. We had a chance, you worked with my wife and I, you're a waitress, and then my buddy and I came in and we got a chance to see you again. And you are a joy. You really bring a lot of a lot of joy to the people who that you interact with. You are a very special person in the way that you come at life. And you're a great mom and a great wife. And you just happen to work in the bar industry and uh I just want to say it's a pleasure to have you on.
1: Oh thank you Stuart.
0: It's good. It's good, right? So any parting words?
1: The one thing that I would say as a piece of advice is be kind to your service industry people and tip your bartenders.
0: Amen. Yes. Don't forget to <laughs> that, tip your waiters, your yes. waiters and bartenders.
1: Yeah that man. is be your
0: life's asshole. blood. Absolutely. Yeah. Michelle Willis, people expert, Herner's Barn Grill in Genoa City, Wisconsin. Michelle, thanks for being on.
1: Thanks, Stuart.
0: My pleasure. This is Stuart Foley. I'm your host of the Special Characters Podcast.